Hey guys, and welcome back to the Mud Studs and Skullcaps podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Kelsey. In today's episode, we are going to share the good and the bad stories of our first ponies and what criteria should be on your shopping list when looking for the perfect first horse or pony. Hey guys, welcome back. If you haven't already listened to last week's episode, it was a long one. We did end up breaking it into two pieces, but it's super worth the listen. We broke down the science behind how your favorite after ride and recovery blankets and therapies work. I love this episode. This one was super fun and we will definitely continue this topic in the future because there are 101 different body and wellness therapies out there for your horse. If you're worried you might miss a future episode on a topic you are interested in, go to your whatever podcast app you use or Apple Podcast app and subscribe. That way your podcast will end up in your library and you won't miss a new episode. Yes, last week's episode was so much fun to record. I love diving into the different research on how the magnetic products work, how the back on track stuff works. We try to dive into the research and figure it all out. So if you're ever curious about that, Go listen to the episode where we talk about all the research that I've never heard of before, which is wild. And I guess on that note, we can dive in to kind of all of our stories about our first ponies and what our first ponies were like, what we would suggest now looking for in a first pony after we kind of struggle bust our way through a few of ours and fumbled and bumbled in that area. Yeah, so I don't know where you want to start. If you want to start with just telling our little bit about each of our first ponies, because my first pony, I am picking different first ponies than you're probably picking. I don't know what first pony you're picking. (laughs) Okay, wait. You can't pick your first pony. Your first pony was already picked for you. It was the first pony you had. No, 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 no. There's like a hundred. Kids have like a hundred different first ponies. I have like four first ponies. No. Yes. No, for it to be a first pony, it has to be the first one. No. The second pony is the second pony. So your first pony is only one. No, not quite. So do you want me to? (laughs) I have four first ponies. Um... (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it works. No, it's exactly, that's how it's working in my brain. Okay, so first pony, the first, first, first pony was not mine. She was the lesson pony Uh, that I rode a ton and then took to horse shows. So she was the first pony that I got to show on. She was the first pony that I learned so much on. And it's actually funny, she looks exactly like Nim. Um, (laughs) That was Was that Rosie? I don't think, no, Cherry. Oh. Okay, Rosie was like the first pony I ever took a lesson on. Then there was, but don't, there there was a lot of first ponies at the lesson barn, right? Like I started at a lesson <laughs> barn, but Cherry was the first one that like felt like I had a horse. Like she was special to me. I was the only student that was actually riding her for a while because I don't know why, but I was like showing her and stuff. Like I got to take her to dressage, my first dressage show when I was like five years old. It's a little walk trot show. It was really cute. Um, and I bet you guys were yeah, adorable. Bet, Super cute adorable my like hair was the same color as her mane and tail so everyone would tease us that like I had really really long hair when I was a kid and so my hair would go all the way down to like the back of the saddle and then you'd see her tail so it just looked like this really big long line if you like stood far enough away but she was amazing she was like the perfect first pony though like this is really sad they told me that like so she died like Thanksgiving weekend and it was like re- it was really sad. They told me she died from eating too much turkey. Oh, <laughs> like she overate on turkey. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's not funny. Not it's not funny, but like <laughs> I was five and I believed it. I was like, yeah, my pony ate too much turkey. Oh, why would you tell a little kid that? Why wouldn't you just tell the little kid that she had to go to a different barn and had to stay elsewhere? I feel like if you're going to tell me she died from eating turkey, you could have told me she collect. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you could have, like, that didn't make it any better. Like, why? I, that didn't, yeah, that didn't make it any better. So that was, like, I considered Cherry my first pony in a lot of ways because I did get to show on her, and she was very much, like, felt like my pony. Then my second first pony is Rita, which I think is also fair because I... I'll give you that one. Because I leased her for... um I don't know how long I leased her for, from like a year probably. And she was a Shetland. She was she was a very different first pony than what Cherry was. Oh yeah, she was the complete opposite of Cherry. Cherry was like this big, beautiful Appaloosa who was super sweet, super calm, like absolutely, you know, the perfect, forgiving, 
let your kid do whatever. And Rita was a 12-hand pocket rocket devil pony. And I, like, really am curious what Rita's problem was now, like, looking back. Because, right, the whole belief around Shetlands is that they're, like, evil. But, like, how could a whole... Yeah, how could a whole breed of horse be evil? Are there just, like, evil breeders out there that breed evil horses? Like, that doesn't make sense. What is it that Shetlands are, like... You mean, like, what's wrong with Shetlands? Like, what is... Are they super, super prone to? Actually, I think I kind of figured part of this out when I got my miniature, Fletch, is I started to realize that he wasn't very well trained. Yeah, he could do a lot of things, but it wasn't that anyone had trained him or taught him. It was that people were just strong-arming him around and, like, over-muscling him, overpowering him because he was small enough, so no one took the time to teach him or actually work with him. They just used brute force over teaching him. And I think a lot of Shetlands and Minis, they have generally pretty strong personalities and pretty strong opinions that eventually they get tired of just being bowled over and ignored constantly that they start to insert their opinion more. Oh, I it's probably one of those things that like you perceive it to be a difficult horse. So therefore, it is a difficult horse. Like if you, that's what you're expecting, then that's what you get back. So yeah, like I don't don't believe like that's not the truth but like i was not mean to rita like i was perfectly clueless um <laughs> and ponies are so much easier to fall off of because they're just so much smaller and more round that even when they're not trying to dump you kids fall off of them anyways and they get a bad rap for that and i think like i so she i fell off of this horse every single day like that is not an exaggeration that is not a joke i fell off this horse every single time i rode <laughs> and i don't like i don't even remember what or why or like I don't know if she was a bolter and I fell off because she would take a quick turn like I don't know if it was because she was bucking I don't think she ever reared I think she just mostly bolted and did a quick turn and would get me every time as you know I was I'd probably been riding for a couple years at that point but like I was a gangly kid with no like control of my body and my little pony would dart everywhere I honestly as much as like people tell you your first pony should never be a Shetland I needed that first pony because I am the world's like most timid person. I am afraid of pain. I am so afraid to hurt myself. I am so like there's so many things I will not do. And I think I needed a first pony that was like you can fall off every single day and you're totally fine. Um, And just to give me that confidence that like falling off a horse was okay. That I was always going to get back up and I could always get back on. I hated it. I hated that I fell off every single day. I think it gave me a lot of confidence I wouldn't have had otherwise. I'm not advocating for buying your child, a, your first your first pony, to be a Shetland or to be a naughty pony so that your kid gets dumped every day. But for me, I think that actually worked to my benefit because was it, I, it, it gave me a lot of confidence in just the process of falling off. I wasn't afraid to fall off. Well, yeah, she kind of conditioned you to figure out that you could hit the ground and be totally fine and be able to get back on. And you weren't seriously injured. You weren't seriously hurt. Yeah, I only blacked out once. So that's pretty good. <laughs> what? When did that happen? I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like remember that day very clearly because it was one of those like I, I remember that I have no clue what happened. Like we were going through a jump grid and it was a grid. I only remember riding towards the grid. And then I remember waking up hanging across the arena railing. <laughs> oh, my God. The grid and the arena railing were nowhere near each other. <laughs> not a clue how I got from A to B. <laughs> like, and I'm not, I don't think I like, I think I just like blacked out the whole like experience mentally. I don't know that I was unconscious ever, but like I, just one of those, like there's a huge gap. I, it was evening, the lights were on. So my friend had to like ride my pony back to me because she, she would dump and then go back home, go back to the barn. But I think had I had a bigger horse, because my next horse after that, who I, like, don't consider one of my first ponies, <laughs> I don't know why, but, like, the next horse after that, because it was, like, my second lease horse, she was a lot bigger. She was a big Morgan, and she would also dump me constantly, and I was not afraid to ride her. But had I had that been my first horse, and, like, the big horse was one that was dumping me or could have dumped me, I think there would have been a lot of fear that I'm going to fall and get hurt. Or with Rita, you know, it was 12 hands. I was probably already five feet at that point I was a tall kid that like falling off of her was not a big deal but I used to I I throw lucky into my first four horses because I rode lucky a ton um I did show lucky I took my ratings on lucky he was a really cool Appaloosa and what everyone should have had for their first uh horse or I guess a POA 
just like the total confidence booster that like he made me want to go to the barn where Ebony and Rita, I didn't want to go to the barn, but I would go and ride because my mom always promised I could go and see Lucky and give Lucky treats. Lucky was a sweetheart though. He was such a special horse to so many. He was amazing. That little POA. And he loved me, which I like, and I mean, he loved me because I was, <laughs> I liked to ride him, but I did he was ridden a lot by older girls who were showing him in the hunter jumper circuit and he didn't love to work. So he loved like me coming to work him because I was, you know, like seven, eight at that time. I wasn't going to make him work, work. Yeah, you guys were just plodding around being adorable. Yeah, but he gave me so much confidence. I jumped the log on him. He was the first pony that I jumped the log on. Oh, really? There was, um, at the barn I boarded at, there was a giant... It wasn't giant, what, like two feet? <laughs> but like when you're a little kid, when you're a little kid, it was giant. And it was like. I thought it was huge. Yeah, no, this log is not big at all. It's got to be like two feet, two, three uh, max. But it was just like when you're a little kid, it was that jump. That like once you could jump the log, you were cool. Um, and Lucky was the first pony I jumped the log on. So. Wow. I remember looking at that log all the time growing up and being in like our pony club lessons. And I just could not wait for the day that I was in that lesson. I was the kid jumping that log. I just, I could not wait. And I was like, I finally will jump it on a pony instead of on foot. Well, and that's like in our minds when you were like a little kid, like the, like this is like, I think a trick your mind plays on you, but like. I swear that log was four feet. Like, that log was huge. Like, it had to be taller than me. Like, it was huge. Oh, you had, like, still in my mind, I picture it as this training level size log, and it's not even remotely that close. But no, I know it's not. But in my head, it's a training level size log. <laughs> no, yeah, right. Like, it's this huge, massive the log. But I think it's just one of those, like, instances of you just, like, building something up in your mind and making, like, such a big deal. Because uh, it was just a huge accomplishment because all the other cross-country jumps and everything else was so clearly smaller than the log. And I think, like, the log had mass to it was its other trick. Because even, I think, the tire jump was bigger than the log or the same size. And we all know, like, a row of tires is not big at all. But the tires felt smaller than the log for some reason. So, yeah, that was the, that was lucky. He gave me that the confidence uh, that I really needed and was lacking from Rita and Ebony because riding those two was just like, I don't know that I know how to ride. Like, that, <laughs> it, you, right? they make you question it every day. Like, I clearly have no clue what I'm doing. And then my last first pony um, was Cirrus, the, one we, the first one we bought and owned. Yeah, how old were you when we got him? I know I was, like, three or so, but how old were you? So this is where I thought we were actually younger, but I had to pull up his papers not that long ago. Um, and it looks like we bought him in 2000. So I think I was like nine. I think it may have been winter when we bought him, like January or something. I don't remember the exact date. And we were told by we, we bought him from a horse dealer. I think horse people still deal horse. It was like a horse flipper. She would go to the auction, pick up a bunch of horses, spend a little bit of time with them, give them like a f- name that would like a sales name so when we bought him he was actually action his name was action wait hold up i thought his name was barney (laughs) like i remember distinctly him being named barney or having like change his name from barney i think barney was his name before like his real name was barney oh i think his real name was barney (laughs) this poor horse and then yeah yeah yeah. his name was action when we bought him was his sales name and they were like, don't buy this horse for your kid. This is dangerous. Don't do this. Don't do this. They, like, wouldn't even let me ride him at the sales barn or, like, the testing place, whatever it's called. I don't know. There's sales barns, right? That's, like, the right terminology. <laughs> sales barns are a thing. <laughs> so at the sales barn, like, they wouldn't even let me ride him. My mom, like, had to beg, basically. And then they finally, like, finally let me ride him. But they were like, you can only walk and trot. You can't go any faster. And then they saw me ride and were like, oh, She's not a total noob. She kind of knows what she's doing. I think I was a D3 at that point. So I kind of knew what I was doing. (laughs) Like enough to stay on. And I hated him. Did not like him at all. I loved him. Well, when I, we first, I told my mom not to buy him. I was like, no, I don't want this one. Um, I wanted the other one, which maybe the other one was Barney. I don't remember what the other one's name was. No idea. I was all into the chestnut quarter horses. We looked at a couple of chestnut quarter horses and I really wanted it. And I think like, honestly, my preferences have not changed a lot. I did not want the hot to trot Morgan. I wanted the calm, sleepy quarter horse. And I think I still want the calm, sleepy quarter horse. I like, <laughs> I am just, I've never been a fan of a hot horse. And that's all I've ever been in is hot horses. And I'm just, it just doesn't ma- match, match with my personality. 
I get that. I can totally see why. I like a nice chill horse. But yeah, that's so that was uh, Cirrus. When we first bought him, we had him at home for, I think we took him home for 30 days trial. And his name was actually Chinook for a while. We did not name him Cirrus right away. Uh, and then we eventually named him Cirrus because he was so light and easy to ride, um, like a Cirrus cloud. Oh, that's how he got his name. I never knew how he got it. Yeah, because he was just like really... I don't know what my mom was comparing him to. Probably like a lot of lesson horses and a lot of lesson ponies because my mama also took lessons at the same barn I did. So I'm guessing she was probably comparing him being light and easy to just like not being a school horse. <laughs> she and Cirrus though got on really well right from the beginning. Like he was her type. Right. But I think like I am an anxious person. So I want a calm horse where I think my mom was a calm person. So an anxious horse worked. Does that mean like not that Cirrus was anxious, but that he had a lot of personality. And I feel like you I tend to gravitate towards horses that are like I want something that's opposite of me, but not that I ever get those. (laughs) So I did see somewhere recently and I thought it was um, a really powerful statement that you get the horse you need. Um, and I, I kind of love that idea of looking back at your first ponies. Like that is exactly what Rita was. She was the horse I needed. I needed to learn that I could fall and be totally fine. And now I'll ride anything, no matter how crazy it is. I don't, I'll ride it. I don't love it. I don't want to own it, but I'll ride it. (laughs) I love that, like not being afraid. And I think I have to give that to Rita credit for that. Oh, I would totally agree. And I think it's more with horses and stuff. It's not necessarily that we displace it. But we kind of portray our emotions against our horse that we have. And so if we are struggling with something in our personal lives, we often like will portray it against the horses that we have and have it like reflected back to us. So for instance, say you're struggling with patience. When you go out to the barn and work with your horse, you're going to realize, oh, my horse requires me to have more patience. And so you kind of have it like bouncing back to you. And it's almost like you're confirming what you need. Uh, no, I totally agree that, yeah, we put a lot of our emotions and our baggage on our horse and our horse just reflects it back to us. Yeah. And they try to give us the skills we need to handle that. And I think a lot of the issues we have in our personal life are also issues that we bring to the barn with us. And I think sometimes we're more willing to work on it at the barn because it's for our horse our horse than we are willing to work on it at home oh yeah definitely I 100% agree with that so I was thinking like with my two first ponies and I know I ragged on you earlier for having more than one first pony but I kind of guess I have two in which I had Cirrus but he wasn't really my first first pony like my ultimate first pony was Katie who was this little Welsh cross mare that nobody else wanted to ride nobody else wanted because she would bolt like crazy but she was so freaking cute. She had amazing movement and was just... She was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Gorgeous. She was gorgeous. She was amazing. But she was exactly what I needed because I was, like, completely opposite of you in which I wanted to go fast. I wanted to do everything. I had no fear, pretty much, still to this day, almost. And, like, I was short, compact little kid. And so when she would just, like, bolt off in the middle of lessons, I didn't care. My instructors cared, but I didn't care. I was just along for the ride, like... I just wanted a little sports car pony to rock it around on. Yeah, and you didn't fall off her. No, no. I like hardly ever. Well, no, that's not true. I fell off a lot, but it wasn't I fell off. It was that I was doing something dumb and gravity just took its toll. So it wasn't like I would she would dump me often. It was very different type of falling off than what you had with Rita. But I do remember a lesson because we were like outside the arena this day. And I remember a lesson where the instructor came up to mom and told her that she was scared to have me in her lesson because my pony would always like turn around and bolt home. And she didn't she didn't want me outside the arena walls with a bolting pony. Yeah, she was a fun pony. Yeah, I don't think so. She was technically never ours, too. So thank you to the family that uh, just (laughs) let us basically take their horse (laughs) because they were done. (laughs) No, it was like it was the perfect situation, though. And the family that we got her from, because it was just like a long term care lease, essentially. And the family that we got her from, I remember one time at a pony club lesson, because we were in the same pony club as them. They told they told us that they had had like a nightmare the previous night that we were like ushering this pony back down their driveway in the middle of the night. And we were, you know, trying to like herd her down. I think we were following behind her with cars ushering this pony down the driveway and they're like standing on their front porch waving their arms saying no no we don't Mm -hmm. want her back which is like funny because we were never gonna return her but i think everyone was just losing their minds with this pony because they couldn't figure out how to get her to stop bolting and on top of that she also did have kind of a dirty stop like it wasn't that she meant to be mean or nasty or anything with her stop it turned out that her eyes were crooked and so like that messed up her depth perception yeah and so it wasn't that she like meant to mislead you and that she was going and then she refused it was that she thought she was going too until she realized there was a jump in front of her and then she stopped 
Like it wasn't she was meaning to do it. It was just yeah. bad depth perception and vision problems. Well, and I think like with her, because this was something that we all tried to fix, but it got she could do cross rails, but she couldn't do anything higher than a cross rail. And I think she could do cross rails because she didn't have to jump a cross rail. You could just like hit that in stride and go, oh, that little bit extra. Where I feel like anything bigger because she was a pony, she could not hit in stride. Mm, I don't know. I would also say, though, that cross rails you have it kind of tunnels you down to the middle of the jump and that I actually I don't know if it's easier to judge the distances on a cross rail but I would say that it is because it tunnels you down and you have the two rails to kind of use that for depth perception I was just thinking they're smaller yeah but I was thinking like anytime she had a bigger cross rail she was able to jump it but like a vertical yeah. as soon as the jumps start going up it turns into a vertical and I think a vertical was just harder for her to judge yeah I think we did really big cross rails with her and that was like all we could do for some reason I remember her just doing cross rails but you could do almost any size cross rail as long as it was a cross rail well and in hindsight that was like exactly the pony that I needed I didn't need a pony that was willing to jump everything I pointed them at because if I had that I would have gotten us both into trouble very early on I needed something with the stop to be like no 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 let's reevaluate our life decisions at, at this yes. point <laughs> that is a good point <laughs> you did need something that would uh catch you <laughs> and stop you from being too stupid <laughs> but she was great though because she wanted to go fast I wanted to go fast it was a great combination yeah she ended up being a really good gaming pony yeah she was the first one that I actually she was not the first one but I gotta do western games on her and gotta do mounted games she was the first pony I ever figured out how to vault onto which very nostalgic for me because I love vaulting onto my ponies anytime I can I do it. They don't necessarily approve of it, but I love vaulting on my ponies. And I kind of developed a weird habit with her in which where I first started trying to learn how to vault on is I would like get halfway on and then I wrap my leg around her front leg. So like shitting myself up the rest of the way on her, which hindsight, not a great idea. If your horse decides to walk forward, there's like a greater than likely chance I'm just going to break my leg because it's stuck in between her front legs. But I guess my next first pony, which he kind of like simultaneously as well with Katie was my first pony, was Cirrus. We got him when I was really young, so he was mostly Kelsey's first pony, and then I kind of started changing over and switching on to him, but me and him got on so well. Our personalities worked so well together, and that me and him, he was like exactly what I needed, and I didn't mind his hot-headedness. I didn't mind his personality. I didn't mind like that he didn't want to stand still. I didn't mind his antiness, and so we got on so well. He was exactly what I needed then, too, because he was the one that whatever I pointed him at, he would jump which is part of like how we got on so well together was because when I when I started riding him and he had a pretty severe rushing issue, I didn't necessarily fix it. I just kind of ignored it because when he saw his yeah. jump spot or like he saw a jump and he was going for it is I was like, heck yeah, dude, let's go. Let's, I'm ready. I was never like picking at him or fighting him to hold him back for the jump. No, that makes total sense that I like, I wanted a slow hunter pony and he was not a slow hunter pony. He was the complete opposite. Like, <laughs> total show jumper oh yeah he was a little a little hot rod a little sports car we did him oh we did so well at, like the jumper rallies and stuff because he just turned on the turbo speed or if we saw a long spot i didn't care for our distances i would just see it and i was like yeah let's go yeah no he did i mean i think he only got in trouble like that one cross-country school with it yeah and i didn't really fall off of him much either i'm trying to think i don't think i really had a first pony that i had continuous tumbles off of well you also didn't need that though oh okay <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I was trying to think of, you know, what I needed in Cirrus that he gave me. I mean, you got a lot of cool opportunities and a lot of, like, you were showing with all the big kids. <laughs> doing, what, Horse 3? Is that what you guys were doing? Horse? Oh, yeah. We were doing Horse 3, which I think was 3-3 three, three to 3-6. Three, with 3-9 jump-offs, I think. Yeah. Wasn't that how it works? Yeah. I mean, he gave me so many cool opportunities. Like Now thinking back to all of it, I got to do so much on him for the first time. And he just, he was such a saint taking me everywhere and doing so many different things that I asked of him. I mean, I got to do my C3 on him when I was 13. It, and he took me to my B. I mean, we didn't pass the B, but we passed the jumping part, which is what he was doing. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it was Dublin who failed his B. <laughs> And not Dublin's fault. It was not Dublin's fault. No, not at all. He got a hematoma on his butt the night before. So there was no way we were going to be doing lateral work that day. And then on top of that, I had my own little meltdown. So I, we happens. were all just having a hard it time. Happens. I mean, that's what I was serious. I remember one day that one rally, I think I was doing horse two. And that whole rally is such a blur. Like, I don't even, I don't even remember like much of that rally. 
but I see pictures from it, so I know what happened. <laughs> but he got kicked in the butt by a horse because that was it was like a one day rally and we were tied up at the trailer. Oh, I remember that. And you guys had the bigger refusal right in front of the judging box. We refused almost every jump. We got eliminated, I think, from every round, maybe one round. And I feel like. Oh, I feel like such a jerk. Like my horse got kicked in the butt and had a huge swelling. And here I was trying to ride. And I like couldn't figure out what was going on. Like why is he refusing all the gems? Kelsey, his butt. Like, <laughs> He's hurt. <laughs> He's really hurt. And of course, like I was just, I just remember being like so frustrated that that day. Because I was like, everyone's going to think I can't do horse too. Everyone's going to think that I, I shouldn't be here. Like this is all my fault. This makes me look so bad. And it's like, yeah, this makes you look so bad for a totally different reason. <laughs> Not because you can't do it, because you're riding an injured horse. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, Sarah. I'm so, so sorry. Why? Oh, I'm so annoyed. Whoever our coach was should have smacked me that day and been like, you can't, you're done. You can't ride. You have to pull. All right. Anything else to add to your first pony list? What would you consider Rosie? What was Rosie? I don't know. I was trying to think of that, and I was kind of thinking like 1.5 pony, like first horse and a half. <laughs> and this is a totally different Rosie than my Rosie. Two totally different ponies. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was not a big, chonky pony. She was like, what, t- 13? 12? Oh, no, she was 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 12 hands. She was teeny tiny little pony, but she was absolutely incredible. She, I think she was the one that completely got me hooked on Western games because, mind you, this little 12-hand pony was 29 30 something years old she was up there in her years and I remember going to our very first uh show like our very first western game show and I didn't really know what was going on at this point I was still trying to figure out all the patterns and the way the arenas worked was there was three lanes in the main arena and you would walk in with your two other partners each horse would go in their own lane and they would do their run and they would leave and the next set of partners would come in and so we were waiting on the outside of the arena and she kept getting more and more like hyped and excited and was just she was jonesing to go and I was completely at a loss I was like I don't know what's happening I don't know why we're this excited right luckily I was small enough young enough on this little pony that all the adults around me like took pity and they were made all the kids in front of us part ways it was like parting the sea they made all these kids part ways so I could go next because they're like let this girl go next she has to go her pony's like really anxious and wants wants to run and so I got into the arena. Mind you, I'm still trying to remember which side of the poles I'm supposed to run down on, let alone like what the pattern is. And I remember I was just sitting there in my lane, doing my little wave. And so they say like, once you do the wave, they're like, okay, you got the green light, you can go now. And we took off. As soon as they said that, and like I gave her the green light to go, she was gone. And I don't think I steered at all, but she knew those patterns by heart and she was absolutely in love with it. Yeah, that's and I and she did good. Like you guys, I mean, you never—I don't think you ever got first, but you were always like top five or close, depending on what it was on this twelve-hand pony against like big horses. Yeah, I yeah, she was absolutely awesome. She was a little Spitfire. She loved it. She perked up so much when she got to do it, and like no one believed us though when we told them that she was thirty, but she was, or she was at least somewhere near that age. Yeah, at a minimum thirty. She was a mystery pony. No one knew her age. <laughs> well, and she was so funny because. She would, as soon as she was done running, she'd walk out of the arena all dainty like, like little grandma. She had to go home and knit something. But I have to think that she really enjoyed it because at the very first show, I didn't know anything. I didn't know enough to be keying her up or making her more anxious and excited. And yet her ears perked forward and she was so ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think she she had a lot of fun. Okay. So with that, I think we should discuss how to find a first pony because... That can be complicated all in itself, and we're quickly approaching Christmas, and I know that it is every little girl's dream to get a Christmas pony. Like, it is my <laughs> my dream to get a Christmas pony. I know. I know. I already have four, maybe five. It's not going to happen. No, it's going to happen. I'm not saying this year. No, I'm not saying this year. That's totally not this year. That's fine. <laughs> but you and Ben need to coordinate so that I wake up on Christmas morning, and there is a pony in my front yard or like somewhere with a giant bow on it and a cute little Christmas blanket, please. Like I just Does that have to be a live pony or can it be like a briar pony that we stuck a bow on and put it out in the yard? Only only if you're doing that because the real first bow <laughs> Christmas pony is in the backyard. Like you can only do that if there's an actual real pony somewhere. And uh, <laughs> and it can't be one I already own. Like it has to be a different one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like 
this is every little girl's dream. And I'm sure there's plenty of adult girls and maybe even boys. I bet there's boys out there that super have Christmas, super have Christmas ponies, (laughs) super want Christmas ponies. (laughs) There's just like something so magical about it. And like, who doesn't love a new horse? What? So we wanted to kind of go through some things you should consider before you start looking at pony ads. Once you start looking at pony ads, what to do when you see the horse for the first time and what to do if you like the horse or pony, pony or horse. They're the same thing in my brain. I I call everything a pony. Same. So do you want to go first with your list or do you want to start? Because I know my list is my list is always really, really long. I'm sorry, guys. I write a lot. I just I think a lot. Your list is a lot more comprehensive than mine is. Mine is just I jotted down some of my ideas, whereas you actually like put together a tier and a like an actual legitimate list. So yeah, I'll go through mine first. Okay, kind of. Just so you know, me going second is really gonna make you look bad. <laughs> well, okay, the, you can interrupt me whenever you want. But some of the things that I would say when looking for a first pony, first horse is. You do not need a green horse. Green on green makes black and blue. And no one has fun being lost and confused trying to teach someone else lost and confused, let alone that someone else speaks a different language and you guys don't understand each other. It's not fun. It's not a great combination. So get a schoolmaster. It is so much more fun. You get to learn while something else already knows the job and you get to focus on yourself and It's a lot of fun. The phrase that I was thinking is that, remember, it takes less time to do something right from the beginning than to redo it later. And I think this applies to the reason you want a schoolmaster or an experienced horse, because you're going to improve a lot as a rider if you have a horse that allows you to learn and to develop an independent seat and soft hands and allows you to learn your distances versus trying to teach the horse and kind of get through it. And then have to retrain yourself later. Because that is just such a pain in the butt to kind of five years, ten years later go, I've been doing this wrong this whole time and now I need to relearn. You'll make so much more progress if you can start on a good horse and you can learn correctly. And then once you know, then you can get a green horse and teach that horse correctly. Yeah, trying to break bad habits is such a struggle. It's way harder than trying to learn a new habit. So, I mean, it's it's muscle memory, but like brain memory. You have to rewire your brain to learn a new habit. And we all know that that is sometimes near impossible. Yeah. And another thing I would say along those lines is don't be afraid to lease. You don't have to buy this first pony. A lot of people don't have the ability to hang on to that first pony for the rest of their lives. And you don't necessarily want to rehome them, sell them. Because it's your first pony or they might be older in their elder years. So don't be afraid to lease that horse. Because a lot of times first ponies, first horses, you grow out of them eventually. Or you want something different that has a little bit more talent or the ability to go higher, do more. So don't be afraid to lease. It's a great in-between. And then another thing I was saying is you don't necessarily need a young horse to be your first horse or your first pony. It's totally fine to get the first horse, first pony to be in their mid-teens to somewhere in their 20s. It's... You don't need an eight-year-old or a four-year-old as your first. It's the, I know there's the old age like belief of get something young to grow up with you, but why not get something already established that you can just grow with? Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind that the first horse is the teacher, not the student. And that is pretty much where my where my list ended. Oh, that and um, I would say especially when you get this first horse, first pony. Be in a regular riding program or a lesson program. That way you have someone else that's kind of watching over you, making sure things are still going smoothly in both the rider's best interest and the horse's best interest. Yeah, so that fits really well into one of my other things to think about is before you're even looking at ads, the location that this horse is coming back to should be a happy place for you to be at, right? It should be a good barn with a good instructor, with people you like, because those are going to be people that are going to be helping you assess this horse if you decide to take it home on a trial. But they're also going to be the ones that help you to work through problems and make sure you guys are having success, that though you want people that you trust and are knowledgeable around you that can provide the information to get you and this horse off on the best start. Um, So one other thing to really think about when you are, before you look at ads, is your expectation of this horse. What does this horse need to do? I'm a big believer in buying horses that fit into that discipline you want to do. If you want to be a hunter jumper, 
buy a hunter jumper pony no matter how cute that quarter horse is or how cute that Arab is. If it doesn't fit into the discipline you want to do, you're going to do nothing but frustrate the kid and the horse. So I definitely set your expectations and find a horse that is going to be, you know, going to help you develop confidence in whatever your given sport is. And then the other thing to really think about is set health expectations. When you're looking at your first horse, they're going to come. There's no such thing as a unicorn. There is no such thing as totally, you know, totally sound, totally, you know, health issue free, never going to need any maintenance. This is going to be part of the package. And it's something to consider. What are you willing to provide for this horse? If it had an old injury, is that something that's going to be okay? If it's sound now, what sort of care and maintenance beyond just regular vet and farrier are you willing to do for, for this horse? recognize that this is going to come up at some point in the search. So where to start? Where to look for ads? So there's a lot of different places. Obviously, online is where a lot of people go. You have things like Facebook, Craigslist, Dream Horse. Did you know at one point you could even buy horses on eBay? Really? That feels like a some sort of ethical issue. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, the shipping on them was crazy. Um, <laughs> now this was, I remember looking at horses on eBay, but this was like pre-Facebook. And I think it was Dream Horse and like MySpace were the only like, I don't think Craigslist even existed at this time. And people just like didn't know where to post horses. So eBay used to have a lot of other things on it that it no longer has. I did try looking for it and I didn't find it. But I like very distinctly remember looking at horses for sale on our old computer, like the, you know, remember when computers used to have backs? (laughs) So I do remember at one point doing this, looking for horses on eBay. So there's a range of places such as sales barns that usually take horses on consignment. There are, you know, trainers and instructors that have client horses. There are individuals that, you know, post on Facebook or Craigslist, right, that are selling their own horses. What about rescue centers? Should your first horse come from a rescue center? I would say yes and no. I think it's hard with each pay- or each case has its own different set of situations and everything that went into it. It is a bomb-proof, safe, sound schoolmaster pony at a rescue that's totally fine. I would say, yeah, that's that's cool. But on the flip side, if this is a horse that's been severely neglected, has a lot of trust issues, at one point was a schoolmaster, but has hasn't been tuned up in a long time, I would say no. There's a lot that happens and a lot of damage emotionally and mentally that happens that I don't think is necessarily a first pony safe or sound for. And it's not in either the rider's best interest nor the horse's best interest at that point. Yeah, I think I think you could find amazing horses at rescues. I would definitely have someone very knowledgeable with you trying to help you kind of sort through that. I have worked at rescues or volunteered at rescues and met some great first pony type horses you just have to keep in mind that you may not know this horse's background entirely um, and that there can be a lot of hidden things that don't necessarily make it a bad horse but they're things that could come out at some point you know I have my own we have our own group of rescues and they all have you know big mystery paths and you know you're kind of uncovering things daily with them that either are bad or either totally fine. So there's just an air of mystery sort of around the rescue center horses. But I will at least say that they're they're tested and proven. Someone has put time into this horse to address it. To address it. Uh, what's the word? Uh-huh. What's the word? It's not address. It's assess it. Assess it. <laughs> assess it. So people like, so that is one benefit of a rescue center is that someone has assessed this horse and feels it is appropriate for beginners, even if its background is totally unknown. Where auctions or kill pens, there may be no uh, background check on that horse or like assessment on that horse. There are auctions that sell totally fine horses. There are great horse auctions where you can get quality, well-bred beautiful horses that are well-trained. Those do exist. There's also the total opposite of that. And I would caution anyone who's buying a horse from an auction that if they're looking for a really good deal, you are probably not at the right kind of auction to if that's what you're looking for. Um, and then one other note is I would stay local with your first horse when you're shopping for him. If you can't find a horse within you know a couple hours from you, you're either in a dead zone and there's no horses there, or you have a unicorn on your list. And so I think if you're not able to find a horse 
within a few hours of you. Because I know people who will go like to Canada. And unless you're looking for a very specific horse from a very specific person, you shouldn't have to go very far to find that horse. Yeah. Unless you're like looking for, you know, I want this bloodlines, this breed. Then, yeah, then you're probably going to look. You can look wherever if you have a very specific horse you're looking for. But if you're kind of just on the search for your next horse, it's probably not as far away as you might think. And there is nothing, like, wrong with looking for a unicorn. I just think if you're looking for your next horse in general or you're looking for your first horse, it probably isn't a unicorn. So when you're looking at ads, some words to avoid. (laughs) Pretty much anything that starts with P, as in prospect, potential, or project. (laughs) None of those uh, indicate that this horse is ready for a first-time horse owner. Those are all horses that are starting its journey. You know, maybe if they're saying it's a great dressage horse with potential for jumping and all you want to do is flat, then that's probably fine. Read the sentence, but if it's a horse that's a prospect or has potential or a project, then those are usually early in its training phase. Um, Similarly, things that say like brought on slowly, low mileage, probably not a good um, first horse as they don't have a ton of experience. You're looking for a horse with a lot of a lot of mileage for your first horse. Do you care about mare versus gelding? No. When you're looking at ads? I don't yeah. care. I think especially with first horses, I feel like a mare or gelding, if it's first horse quality, it doesn't matter. Like you're not going to get a bad mare that's a first horse. You know what I mean? Like I've never really prescribed to the mentality of – obviously d- different horses have different personalities, but I've never been one that really prescribed to a mare-ish mare and how they're all mare-ish and – geldings are just doofuses I've never really followed along those lines it's always been you know you get what you see in the horse if I see a nice calm horse you know despite what their gender is I'm gonna get a nice calm horse if I see that if I want to see a mayorish mayor I'm gonna find signs to confirm a mayorish mayor yeah no I totally totally agree I think that first horses temperament is huge um, and this also goes into breeds. I think there's a lot of uh, belief that there are certain breeds that don't make a good first horses. And I think it's the same thing as a mare and a gelding. If you want a hot Arab, you can find a hot Arab. If you want a calm Arab, you can find a calm Arab. Go for a temperament and worry about the breed later. Because the same thing with like Arabs, thoroughbreds. You know, you can find perfect thoroughbreds to be your first horse. They absolutely exist. They are Maybe a little bit harder to find because people have a perception that thoroughbreds are hot and treat them as if they're hot and it creates hotter horses. But I, you can find a good good Arab, a good thoroughbred for your first horse. I would also say that it goes the other way too is that you can totally get a hot quarter horse. Not every single quarter horse out there yeah. is going to be calm and mellow. You have a lot more likely to be calm and mellow because that's the perception of them. But you can totally get a hot quarter horse that's a little wily. Yeah, I don't think this is, yeah, the hotness is not restricted to one breed or the other by any means. Yeah, so it's also like, don't avoid certain breeds because of their reputation, but also don't only go for one breed because you believe it's a fail safe. Okay, so I wanted to read a couple ads to you that I found on the line, and I wanted to just get your opinion. These aren't necessarily bad. Like, these are, I found these horses that are either being advertised for beginners or would fit for a beginner um, or a first horse. Wait, so am I supposed to be saying that if I would get this horse or not? Or what? what, what I just kind of want to know your thoughts. Like, what are you, I'm going to read this ad and then I want you to know, like, what are you thinking? Are you like, I'm interested. I want to go look at this horse or, hmm, I don't know. Something seems weird. Like, I don't know, just your thoughts. I'm just going to read the ad. All right. So Angel is a 22-year-old grade mare who we believe to be halflinger and stands approximately 14.2 hands. Just so you know, this horse is not a halflinger looking at these photos. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. <laughs> like, but that's okay. Ja, that's okay. <laughs> She's clearly a POA. <laughs> not even close. I'm sorry. A very typical POA. Like, <laughs> looks just like Nim. Not even, I don't know where you're getting halflinger, but okay. <laughs> okay, stands approximately 14.2 hands. Since coming into our program, she has had her teeth floated, feet trimmed, and is up-to-date shots and dewormer. 
We do not have any past history on her other than she came to us in March. She is broke to ride, no buck, rear, or bite. She's good with kids, but does have a little more go than woe when under saddle. Great with leading, loading, standing tied for the farrier. She does fantastic out on trails alone and really likes to walk out. She has no attitude and is super sweet, just a little shy of people at first on the ground. I'm curious about who is advertising her because it sounds like they might do a lot of flipping of horses that they've just gotten her in March, and... So she's being listed from a, a rescue center. She's a, okay. an adoption. You can adopt this horse. I don't know. I'm interested in what the war more woe than go means, because that could be... That can really range and vary depending on someone's perception of what go is and what woe is. So I, it'd be very interesting to go out and test ride the horse and see what they meant by that. I do appreciate that they say it doesn't have any buck, bolt, or bite or anything, but at the same time, I would have... Ex- expected that to be the case in a first pony or being sold for a kid's pony i'm curious about she's a little shy of people on the ground what does that mean like can a little kid run up to her because little kids don't have brakes like oh my gosh they have no idea you're not supposed to run around horses no matter how many times you yell at them um to stop doing that they still will well i'm also curious what does that mean (laughs) is shy shyness or is it spook is it scared there's so well, many different interpretations. Also, if we're gonna say that this horse, is, if we're gonna say that this horse is a POA, is that an eyesight issue? Oh, could be. Depends on. She looks like you've got a couple years left in her. This does not look like a horse you're gonna have for much longer. She just, and I'm guessing that's probably because of the situation she came from, being you know a rescue horse. That it doesn't say she was neglected, but I don't know. She doesn't look like she's had a loving soft home. So I think she's, I'd be curious, but I, I do have questions about some of those. Yeah, sorry. Also, another word that I had questions about is broke to ride. That's a very interesting way to phrase that rather than saying has done limited. Broke to ride, I would assume, has walk, trot, and maybe a halt. Yeah, that's a good point. That broke to ride probably doesn't mean any depth of knowledge but i think that could also be whoever's selling her right i the photos you, you can't see the photos obviously but there were some very questionable riding choices for an elderly horse in those photos that i would never ask my healthy horses to do let alone an elderly kid's pony all right let's hear the next one i'm ready now okay 13 year old mare 15 hands nicely broke would make a, make a great all-around type 2500 the other one was 850, by the way. This one's 2500. It's a Palomino standing in a field with a snaffle bit and a little girl riding bareback. Is that all the information they have in that ad? Yeah, that was it. I read the whole thing. I would stay away from that one. Yeah, the nicely broke would make a great all around type. Uh, that the horse says they trained. haven't done anything yet with it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, 13 years old and untrained. <laughs> yep, that's what that says to me for 2500. I I think she's going to find someone to buy this horse, maybe. She also looks like she has a belly, and it indicates to me that she's probably a broodmare, and that's why she's okay. nicely broke and <laughs> would make a great all-arounder. See, once again, I think I didn't really think about this term previously, but broke nicely, nicely broke, uh, broke to ride, very nondescript, non doesn't say the horse has done much, doesn't explain the depth of what they can do. Yeah, to me, if I'm seeing broke to ride, that's walk, trot, canner, Halt. Steering <laughs> and halt. That's really, really basic to me um, and does, doesn't apply a lot of training. Next one. Okay. This one has the same name as the, one of the, as the last one. Angel, 16-year-old quarter horse, done, 14-1 or 14-2 hands, has been used uh, as a 4-H horse, fantastic trail horse, great mind. She has been patterned for gaming. I have taken her on trails many times and is a lot of fun to ride. She is an easy keeper, great health. She does get a seasonal cough in the spring allergies but with cough medication is fine no lameness issues at all i've had kids and others hop on her and she is great she has front shoes on i have them on for trail riding but otherwise doesn't need them and then it's a bunch of pictures of this pony like just hanging out um and being tacked up and someone riding her but like not any very like nondescript just general horse pictures this is one i would go for this is one i would go and look at and contact the person about they had way more mm. listed about the horse, what it's done, being the 4-H pattern for games, or I think it sounds like the person knows a lot about the horse's history. She knows about the seasonal cough, knows why she has the front shoes on that is needed for trail riding. It seems like there's a lot more information given about this horse. Yeah, I think, yeah, this horse sounds interesting. She's super cute and 16. I think right, you're year. looking at maybe another, yeah, probably like 10 more years out of this horse for sure. So this would be 
a confident beginner probably could ride this horse and really enjoy her for a while. Yeah, I like that. And I like that they've taken it out on trails because I know first pony and everything, you want to be able to go out and out of the arena, go out and about and do things. So this one seems like a good one to me. Yeah, but I, I also want to point out that seasonal cough. That's the what are your health expectations for a horse? Is that something I feel like with if you're going to find a quality, calm, well-mannered horse, you're going to have those sort of things are going to happen. Okay, last ad. Just turned three, oh, around no. 14 to <laughs> hands, selling as grade, super laid back and easy to get along with. Has seven rides on her as of today and already has a solid walk, trot, canter, and nice stop. I would trust her to put a beginner on her anytime. That's how laid back she is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at them. I'm just laughing with them. Um, No. No, my God, no. There is no such thing as solid walk, trot, canner after seven rides. On a three-year-old. It does not exist. On a three-year-old. No three-year-old has, no. So she may be a great beginner horse in a couple years, but not now. She does nowhere near has enough experience. And if that horse had enough experience, has been ridden way too hard by that early age. Like, no. I Yeah, I would also say that if you are seeing something that says, you know, solid walk chart can or nice stop after seven rides, do not think you were buying a, a started horse. That is not a started horse. That, that means nothing because that seven days, those seven rides can be undone in a week. Yes. It means nothing. Um, so if you think you're buying a started horse or a broke horse, for lack of a better term, you're not. You're, you're buying a green three-year-old, an untrained three-year-old, which is not appropriate for a beginner, no matter how calm she is. No, my God. And also that 14 hands, whatever she is, she's probably going to grow some more. Yeah, she could have 14 too. She'll probably end up, yeah, around 15 hands. She is, she's super cute. Little like a uh, quarter horsey bay mare, big, big star. I would not trust a beginner on a three-year-old. I don't care how laid back they are. They're a three-year-old. They don't know where their own legs are. Oh, right. And everything she sees is brand new and terrifying, no matter how laid back she <laughs> Yes. I thought those were fun to just sort of read because that's what's out there. Like these are real ads that were posted the last week or so. Out of the four of them, there's one horse that maybe one and a half horses who'd go look at. That was just a quick glance in one day. You can find the horse out there for you. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but those are just some thoughts to consider when looking at ads. So you've picked an ad. The horse is cute. The horse seems to fit everything you need. And you go out to meet this horse. What are some things that you should do and how should you approach your first meeting? Number one, horse should absolutely be untacked, preferably uncaught when you go to meet them. I understand if they caught them because the horse might have rolled in mud or poop and they're trying to get them clean. So they look their best, mm-hmm. but definitely should not be tacked up. If they are tacked up, make sure you stay till afterwards and watch them be untacked. Yeah, I recommend highly starting on the ground and they should allow you to come in and brush that horse right away. Yes. There shouldn't be like... No, no, don't don't approach. Stay back. I'll do everything. If this is a first horse, it should be ready for you to walk up to it at any point in time. Because if you don't have enough information today to handle this horse, you're not going to have enough information tomorrow to handle this horse by yourself. You should be able to come up on the ground and just kind of get a sense of like, is this a calm horse? Are they relaxed? Are they curious? I really want to see a horse that's curious, has like big eyes, not like big bug eyes and is freaking out, but like there is a thing, there's such thing as too quiet and shut down. A horse that's shut down will unshut down at some point and that can be really ugly and really dangerous. So you want a horse that's calm, but awake. They have that soft eye. Yeah, they have a soft eye. They notice you when you're moving around, but they're not like reactive. Their ears are attentive. Exactly. If they're quiet, their ears are like not moving, not twitching, their eyes are like half closed. Sometimes they've got a really tight lower lip. So, and that's if they have a tight lower lip, they're not drugged. They're just shut down um, and they're in their own minds and they're unhappy in their own minds. If their lips are loose or they have some sweating um, around their ears, uh, their pole, and then they have that really soft eye and low head, that is a drugged horse <laughs> or may is likely to be a drugged horse unless it's like really hot out or something. But I would look for spotty swelling, not swelling, s- sweating, <laughs> spotty sweating around the ears and pole as a sign of a 
uh, for drugged horse. I would also say look for signs that they might have been worked previously if someone tried to really wear them out prior to you showing up. I am torn. I don't know how you feel about this. I know for me personally, when I go out and if I were to test ride a horse now, it wouldn't be my first horse, but I would want to test ride. I want to be the first one riding the horse because I want to see how they react right away to me being on them. But in a first horse situation, would you say that they should be the first ones riding the horse or is it okay to let someone else show them the horse being ridden first? I think in this situation, it's probably fine to let that person go ahead first because that is a trained horse and they're going to know the buttons and the cues and the commands and they can show you those. That's when I, something I found with showing my, my yearling to people was he's trained to do a lot of things, but you know, my way. And it led to some confusion when people were asking him to do things their way. Um, Because he was like, I've never been asked, you know, that question that way before. So I think that person should give you a good understanding of how that horse operates and works and explains its cues so that there isn't any confusion. Okay. But yeah, if that horse is slow, that's fine. You're looking for something that's relaxed. I think relaxation is key for you as the rider. I don't think the horse needs anything if that horse can do everything you asked and stay relaxed, like... Yeah, you should get a good feeling from the horse. They should be... Whoever's on the horse should be confident and calm the entire time. If you, at any point on this new horse, really feel uncertain or something, it might not be the horse for you. It might not be the right combination. Because ultimately, with a beginner horse, you should feel really good from the beginning. They should be set and ready to go that you can ask them to do all these different things. And they're pretty open-minded and pretty easy to work with. Yes. So one of the things I wrote down is trust your gut. What is your first impression? Is this horse, are you interested? Do you feel good? Do you feel confident about this horse? Or is there a gnawing sensation in the back of your brain that says, hmm, something's up or I don't quite know? I always, always, for a first horse, bring your instructor. Bring someone very knowledgeable with horses. Not necessarily your friend who likes horses or someone that had horses when they were a kid. You want someone who is very knowledgeable about horses and can give you good feedback on what's going on. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask questions or anything. And, um, oh crap, I completely just forgot what I was going to say. No, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) So you like this horse, you want to bring it home. What are a couple things to consider? First off, you should be able to do a second or third ride at that person's barn. If you are someone who's actually interested and you're not kicking tires, kicking tires, being a tire kicker, (laughs) you know, people who have a good quality horse, are usually not in a massive hurry to sell the perfect horse. They should have enough time, and maybe they don't have months, they probably have a week for you to come and do a second or third ride. Uh, You can also ask to trial the horse. Can you bring it home for a few weeks or a month or so uh, before deciding to purchase it? That's something you could take up with the owner. Most people do offer trials. When your horse is home on the trial, or even before you get bring the horse home, Do absolutely do a pre-purchase exam, even if this is a really cheap horse and you're getting a heck of a deal. Do a vet (laughs) check. Guys, x-rays are not that expensive. And I, x-ray, just do it. You're speaking from experience. I'm speaking from, yes, a lot of experience (laughs) from not doing x-rays and wishing I had. Because I don't know that it would have stopped me from getting Addie. I would have still had her, but I would have had more information to start our journey with. And that's what I think is really important. Even if this horse does not look lame, those x-rays are going to be vital if you can get them in the beginning. And you, you might need to look back at them and do more x-rays if something happens further down the road. But you want that. You want to understand where you're starting from. And of course, get it in writing. Get a sales contract. On top of that, you know, when you first bring the horse home, there's so many other things to take into consideration, you know. Don't just completely, if they're used to living in a barn full time, don't just completely throw them out into a pasture all of a sudden, shocking their system. If that's how you want them to live, gradually switch them over. On top of that, be careful with their feed and their diet. Don't all of a sudden change them from a low sugar diet to full alfalfa and sugary grain immediately. Like it's going to be a shock to their system and could completely change their personality because all of a sudden they're taking in. Right. It actually... This is like a really stressful period for a horse to go to a new place and is the prime time for ulcers. So you want to be really, really careful when you're switching over their feeds, when you're starting them in new turnout places, meeting new friends. All of that is ulcer stress inducing time period. 
So ways to reduce their stress is to be making sure you're kind of keeping as much normal as you can and not completely changing everything on them. And I know I've seen like a post going around Facebook over the last couple weeks that kind of talks about how I got this beginner safe horse home and it turned out to be crazy and they lied to me. But the truth is there are so many reasons that are not someone lied to you for that safe, calm horse to all of a sudden be stressed out and nervous. And I think something really important to keep in mind is, are you the best person for this horse? Are you giving this horse the things it needs in order to feel safe, in order to feel comfortable and confident? How is your place different from where this horse came from and trying to kind of close those holes and also realize that a lot of this might be the way you handle this horse. If you are a first time horse owner and you're really nervous and you're really unsure, that's going to translate to your horse. Your horse is going to know that you're unsure and that you don't have confidence. And for some horses, that makes them really nervous because they thought that they had a partner who could protect them and give them confidence and suddenly they find those roles reversed and they find that you don't have confidence, they don't have confidence, now what? So that's something really important to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think on top of that, when you first bring that horse home, is it's really important to be in some type of lesson, situation, program, where someone else with a lot of experience is able to see this horse regularly and be able to certain body cues or body language that you might not be able to pick up right away from being a first-time horse owner and this being your first horse that having that knowledgeable eye looking at them, they'll be able to pick out something that might be wrong that you just didn't pick up on or is something that might develop into a potential issue that they can correct then and there. All right, that's all I had. My list is done. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us through this episode and listening to our first pony stories all about what to look for in the next first pony that you get. Next first pony? The first pony that you get. Gosh, dang it. On top of that, guys, if you want to send us any questions or topics for discussion, you can reach out to us on Instagram at mudstuds underscore skullcaps, or you can send, send us an email at mudstudsskullcaps at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to Apple Podcast app and leave us a review so that other people can find us too. All right, guys, remember to stay safe, stay classy, and stay in the saddle. Mm-hmm.